Takia is an ad. <laughs> no laughing yet. No, you no started laughing. it. You started it. <laughs> serious face right now. All right, okay. my face is. I turn my camera off so I can be serious. Hello and welcome to the GP Performance Matters podcast. I'm your host, Michael Teal. You know, dear listeners, if you're looking for a fresh approach to managing your next project or even an ongoing client relationship, here's a hot tip. Get agile. I'm guessing you've heard of the idea of agile project management, but do you really know what it is, what it isn't, and how to get started? If not, this podcast is for you. And you know what? If you're already a scrum master, then stick around. We may have a surprise in here for you too. Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters podcast from GP Strategies, your workforce transformation partner. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts and explore best practices and innovative insights to help your organization improve performance. Here to help us make sense of all things agile is my guest practitioner today, Takia Dozier. Takia is an agile training consultant with GP Strategies and a certified Scrum developer. She specializes in the development and delivery of training that helps employees effectively adopt and use enterprise systems such as SAP, Inform, Oracle, and Workday across a variety of industries and areas of focus. Takia, thank you for joining me today to talk about the ins and outs of Agile. Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. And especially not to date this too much, but here in the U.S., it's almost Thanksgiving. So hopefully you are getting in that turkey day mindset wherever you're at right now. So my plate full of sweet potatoes. It's my favorite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I will admit this year. Uh, we wimped out and went to Costco, and we're not endorsed by Costco, by the way, um, but they had them all set there. They had sticks of butter on I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and get those this year. But either way, happy Thanksgiving to you, and thank you for joining us here on the pod today. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, Tia, so before we start talking shop, I want to ask you a couple of very, very serious questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. For those that are driving here, we're on audio only, but I'm giving her the stink eye right now. So two difficult <laughs> questions for you before we get going to Kia. The first one is, where's home for you? Okay, so home is actually in the state of Maryland. I'm from small country town I'm known as Pontown, Maryland. Um, I was there born and raised, so country girl at heart. Oh, I love it. I love it. And with the magic of the World Wide Web, you can go ahead and just apply your agile magic anywhere, I imagine. Yes, it's, it's that's the beauty of it all. Right? <laughs> excellent, excellent, perfect. Okay, now the second question, and this one is uh, one I want you to think very deeply about, is what is one fun or surprising fact about Takia Dozier? Hmm. I think there's a lot of a lot of fun facts about Takia Dozier, but I, the one that comes to <laughs> mind, I'd say I am left and right-handed. So I play all of my sports with my right hand. So I shoot, I swing my bat, I, I throw the ball all with my right hand. But I write, brush my teeth all with my left. What? That's yes. crazy. Oh, my it, gosh. That is nuts. Yes. So I, I, is that, is that, uh, what's the that's, word that, that? I think that's what they say nailed it, right? You hash brown nailed it on that one. That's so perfect. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So we're <laughs> dealing with someone who is, 
agile and in every uh, perspective <laughs> of, of life is what I'm talking about here. So now I will admit this. So uh, just for backstory here, I'm an ancient guy. I'm like in my late 40s. Um, I'm a creative director. I like to think I'm super cool and hip. And my kids always, uh, you know, bring me back to earth on on that side of things. But one of the things I also want to say is I've heard this word agile like agile project management. A lot of people just say agile. Like, do you guys use agile? And I'm always like, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I use agile. But today, though, we're talking about this. And and since you're a practitioner of agile, what I'd like you to do is really start us off and do this for me. Like for someone like myself, this is a tree of trust area here. Um, Can you just help me level set what agile is? So basically, how would you define the approach, the concept for, for those that are unfamiliar with it? So again, like I have a friend who's unfamiliar with it. So help help me just understand what it is. Right. Uh, so agile is one of those versatile terms. And just depending on your perspective, its definition can differ, right? So for an example, agile could be determ- defined in terms of your company culture. So embracing change and changing of priorities within your organization, um, being able to adapt to those changes, um, or it can be defined in terms of the methodology, right? So we're talking things like Scrum, Kanban, and SAFE, and applying different tools and techniques to improve your delivery approach, in which both of those definitions do hold true, and they can go hand in hand. Um, but I, I like to define Agile as just that that flexible, iterative, iterative divine iterative design process used by development teams to kind of help deliver value to customers in the form of working learning products, whether it's e-learnings, micro-learnings, supplemental materials such as job aids and things like that. So that's how I would define uh, Agile. In very real terms, it's both a mindset and almost like a way of life. And it's also like a a workflow process of how you, you make the donuts uh, in very real practical terms. Am I hearing that correctly? Yes, I, I definitely say it, it's a mindset kind of helps in not end users, but it kind of, you know, helps your development mm-hmm. team figure out how, like what processes do we want to use to be able to make sure that we are able to meet the ever changing needs within the market. So it's definitely mm-hmm. a mindset. That's great. That's super helpful on that. So since we have a chance and, you know, one of the cool things about the GP Performance Matters podcast sponsored by GP Strategies, your talent transformation partner, is just the fact that we get a chance to have a conversation with one of our thousands of associates around the world. So, you know, this is a chance for others to get to know you a bit here, Takia. So let me just ask you this. How did you get your start in Agile? I mean, did you grow up as a child and and just dream (laughs) of practicing Agile? Was that how this whole thing started? It's been this lifelong dream of mine to join the Agile. (laughs) Mommy and daddy read you a book about Agile. I mean, tell me about this. Right, right. So I was first introduced to Agile actually when I joined GP Strategies. Um, And consequently, I had no prior knowledge or assumptions about Agile, right? I've always kind of worked in your more traditional waterfall settings. So, you know, I have that background in training and facilitation. So more so the delivery of learning, which involved just a more straightforward development process, little to no wiggle room for changing of the resources or efforts needed there. Um, So I'd heard of Agile in terms of company culture, but not in the aspect of, you know, an adoption approach. So I had no initial assumptions on Agile. So when I joined the Agile team, um, 
you know, and I've, I'm on the learning and development side of things now. It was a complete shock to me. Not even going to lie to you. You know, we kind of we worked in these <laughs> iterative phases. You're like, and, you're doing what? <laughs> right. We were just like continuously delivering products and just in constant communication with the business, just super different. Right. We planned out our capacity, making sure that we didn't overextend our capabilities and availabilities within our, within our team. Um, we adjusted resources as necessarily as necessary, excuse me, and we continuously just refined our development processes. So I kind of came into it with an open mind. I was eager to learn the methodology. Again, I had no prior knowledge of it, and I've found it to be very valuable within our team and our company culture. Um, and I've been able to transform my mindset to become more agile in my thinking. So um, it's been a great learning journey so far, and I'm continuously learning. So again, I had no prior knowledge of, of agile, but I've come to love it so far. So. Okay. Now I want to also break that down on the the other side is that you had said that that this is a departure from what you described as the the waterfall style. Okay. So just give me a little A-B comparison of, of agile versus waterfall, which may be a new term to, to, to folks here. So what's your take on that? So I like to think of Agile and waterfall is, is great development processes, right? Um, both of the development processes are used in different areas within the development process and within de- different development teams, right? You have some teams who prefer waterfall methodology, some teams who prefer the agile, but you like to think of waterfall as just that kind of step-by-step processes of design, development, and deployment to the end user, right? Not much room for for change um, as the market changes or as needs change. Um, You're kind of just going through this this set process and deploying your product um, versus agile. You're kind of going through this iterative process. You know, you're designing and you're developing and you're reaching out to the customer and you're making sure that their needs are being met and if they're satisfied with the product that you're creating. And you're going back to the drawing board if you're finding different discrepancies in your processes Mm. or in your product. Um, So it's just, they're two completely different processes and um, just kind of thinking of agile is that that iterative process, you're constantly in this cycle of development and improvement versus waterfall, okay. you know, just kind of in that, you know, one, two, three step uh, type of process within waterfall. You know, the way you're describing this and, you know, since we are close to Thanksgiving, I'm almost thinking of this almost like if you were making a soup, right, is waterfall is, it sounds like you go, okay, here's the recipe and you basically deliver the the client a can, you know, with everything, the fancy marketing wrapper on it and all this, you're like, here's your soup, right? Where agile sounds like it's, you've got the client in the kitchen with you and you're, you're having them taste it and they're like, hmm, yeah, need some salt, right? That kind of thing. Is that kind of, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to holiday this thing up. Am I tracking there? Let's look at it in forms of a sandwich, right? So we have Thanksgiving coming up. We have Thanksgiving coming up. We love (laughs) our turkey, but let's think of sandwiches. We all love sandwiches. We're going to go take a trip to Subway. Okay. So waterfall, you know, you go in, Hey, I want a turkey sandwich with mayonnaise and lettuce. They go in they make your turkey sandwich with mayonnaise, lettuce, they deliver it to you. And you may or may not enjoy it. You know, the lettuce may not be crunchy, but, you know, you kind of just accept it. But with Agile, you know, you go in, hey, I want a turkey sandwich with lettuce and onions, a little bit of mayonnaise. They make the sandwich. Hey, you know, actually, I don't think I want these the the onions. So they kind of take it back <laughs> to the drawing board. And they take the, the onions <laughs> off. You're like, yeah, maybe I want green peppers. So they throw in some green peppers. 
And and it's just kind of that transformative process. It's 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 pretty awesome. Okay, so you're getting finally to the end product is actually what you really really want versus like, eh, it was it was okay. I paid my money and and moved on. Right. Right. Okay, I like this. So this is helpful for me because sometimes you know in the corporate world we have all these businessy terms and you know they sound nice, but at the same point you're like, what does that really mean? And, you know, I, if I have to be the fool on this, I'm going to, I'm going to be the fool occasionally. So your sandwich analogy really helps me appreciate agile a little bit more here. So my question to you then would be, and this is almost like one of those, um, I watch a lot of sports. So, you know, when you watch in football, there's like a thousand pharmaceutical commercials, you know, and it's like, is something right for me? And, um, you know, that kind of thing. And so what I would ask you, because as you said, there's a couple of different ways that you can go about your business is from your perspective of practicing this and supporting Agile for a while, who do you think would benefit from this type of approach from your perspective already? I honestly think the development team and the customer of this developed product both benefit, right? Just in, in okay. two different in two different aspects. So, so end users, for example, of this developed product get to reap the reward by now having this amazing product that has been created with them in mind, right? They have been involved throughout this entire development cycle. They have this sense of ownership that is beyond just the usability of the product. They get to find value in saying, you know, they've been able to to see the product throughout the entire development cycle. They've been able to kind of change scope if needed. You know, hey, we like some things, we we don't like others. You know, can we can we have these things changed? And that's the beauty of, of Agile, right? We're able to kind of go in and continuously improve with the customer in mind. And then consequently, the development team gets to also reap benefits because they've become this more high functioning team and they've been able to change their mindset and their dynamics and get to refine their processes and find out what works and what doesn't work and what areas can we improve upon. And they get to okay. deliver this quality working product and they get to deliver it fast. Right. So it's kind of that that two way street there. And so, you know, I think organizations making the switch, if they believe that their organization, you know, can become more high functioning in this ever changing market um, within learning and development. Very cool. It sounds like what what you're describing here is that you're you're bringing the customer closer in to the process and they've had more input along right. the way, right? So right. there's that there's that sense of collaboration and, and ownership and and you haven't burned, let's say, three months developing that perfect can of right. soup. You've actually they've they've been there giving you that that feedback. So you're it sounds like you might even even though you're you're changing course, it might might potentially minimize rework um, at at the big end. Um, Agreed. In terms of, you know, one of the things that we like to do is at least bring some some real world examples in there. I mean, we've been having fun with soup and, and sandwiches <laughs> and everything. You're making me hungry right now. Um, and I just had breakfast like an hour ago, too. So that's nice. That's sad to say, quite frankly. But um, so <laughs> my question to you is, can you throw without naming names of customers or anything like that, um, valued clients? We don't want to you know violate intellectual property or anything. But can you give me a couple of examples, real world examples of how you've seen this agile approach benefit or add value to the customer? Within our customer base, we kind of focus on the persona, right? Who is using the product? How will they use it? Why do we need it? 
and why do they need it, excuse me? And we focus on the value that is being created by that application. So um, our current customer, we kind of take that time to have these learning culture surveys where we get to, to meet with the end users, right? The actual individuals who are going to use this working product once we're done. Mm. And we we get to learn their company culture, you know, some of their likes and dislikes. Have they gone through any other implementations? Um, what are their training likes and dislikes? You know, what is their company culture so that we're able to create this working product with them in mind? Um, and so the customer is able to benefit by having, knowing that their feedback is being considered, right? And I believe it's mm. only like 1% of end users feel like their feedback, you know, was considered during the development process. And uh, we take pride in in knowing that we kind of take that persona role and we kind of, you know, use it during our development process. So that's the magic, isn't it? Is really, uh, there's a saying, at least in, in automotive manufacturing, uh, which is go to the spot, go to the source, you know, listen yes. to those that are the real experts and not be in, in your ivory tower. And it sounds like that's a, a key part of when GP is brought in and, We've got agile practitioners like yourself. That's that's a big part of what you're doing on that value story is you're in the trenches, listening and understanding, and then and then going back and saying, okay, let's let's go ahead and and shape an adoption path forward. And right. That's 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 pretty cool stuff on that end here. So, um, in terms of you know you you've described a couple of things in terms of internal benefits of agile here. Um, and by internal, I mean to you, like the joy of work as as a practitioner, as a fellow team member. So, in terms of the various components of the agile process, how do the uh, I'm going to say this this way: How do these components of the different parts of the agile process aid in the success and really the enjoyment of working as part of the development team? I guess that I can kind of break that down in, into a two yeah. part, right? Um, so we get to can constantly improve and we're never, we're never stagnant as a development team, right? We're constantly finding our blockers and our discrepancies and we're finding them fast, right? Um, one of the, one of the things that we like to say within our team is we get to, to fail and fail often, right? And it's not seen in a negative, negative light, right? It's kind of seen in that, Hey, we found this discrepancy. We found something that doesn't work and we're able to approve upon it. And we're able to approve upon it fast. Right. So during our retrospectives, which is um, a piece of the scrum framework that we actually utilize within our teams um, during our retrospectives, we kind of take this a lot of time and we use it after a sprint to kind of evaluate what worked well. You know, what didn't work? How can we approve upon it and move it forward? And we kind of have this actionable item. You know, how are we going to actually fix the issue that we've um, Found, right. And we don't overextend our availability or capabilities. And we kind of plan out each of our sprints as we're working. And so, um, you know, we kind of find success to be ever, ever changing and ever working. Right. We're always finding ways to improve. We're always finding ways to and opportunities to collaborate with each other, which allow us to kind of improve our communication. We support each other through mm. the design process. Right. We have um, focals, for example, they're designated to specific tasks. But that focal is never alone, right? We're always collaborating and finding um, ways to to work together to drive these tasks to completion. So it's such an involved methodology, and that's what I think aids in our success as a development team. Um, we're able to grow and learn um, with each other and not separately. You know, hearing you speak about this approach, it gets me very excited of thinking about 
how freeing it is as as a professional when you realize that failure can actually be a good thing you know that it's it's not um it's not something to sweep under the rug it's like what did we learn from that how do we iterate next time forward right and i mean i just just me thinking about going wow that would be a great place to work <laughs> you know yes. what a great climate <laughs> <laughs> definitely it's definitely a great environment and you know you kind of go through through different stages within a team right you get to you're having to learn each other but you're also having to learn this agile methodology at the same time. So you have those, you know, where you're not kind of seeing eye to eye or not understanding why processes are not working or why, why are we doing things this specific way? Um, so you get to learn together and it's very cross-functional, like you mentioned. Um, it's, it's a great time. It's a great learning experience and, and you're benefiting from, from all of, all of the learning experiences that you're having. Okay. Now I want you to um, break down a couple terms for me too, since I'm very interested in this approach. When you talk about sprints, can you break down that term for me? Cause you said sprints and retrospective. So just help educate me on what, what, what's a sprint. Right. Uh, so a sprint is basically this set period of time that we have allotted to drive our work to completion. Right. And so our sprints are about, two weeks, uh, give or okay. take, just, just depending, right? And so within that sprint, we uh, before we start our sprint, we kind of plan out our work. You know, what is your capacity? How much time do we have to drive these specific tasks to completion? And all of our tasks are prioritized, right? You know, what's most important? What do we need to get done this iteration, iteration excuse me, versus the next? Um, so during okay. that during that specific time, um, we are driving all of our tasks to completion and getting them ready for review. Um, and then those retrospectives are that time after the sprint where you're kind of taking that step back and saying, hey, what worked? What didn't work during the sprint? What can we approve upon? Um, and we're coming up with, you know, actionable items. You're not we're not just sitting as a team saying, yeah, this didn't work. And maybe next time we'll we'll make this change. You know, we're actually <laughs> we're actually sitting down and, and we're coming up. <laughs> we're coming up with this actionable item. Hey, here's this is what we're going to do. This is the steps that we're going to take to approve upon this process. Um, and then during this next print, we're going to put it into to action. We're going to see if it works. And a lot of times, you know, you come to find out, hey, that process, even though we've kind of taken a step back and reevaluated it, it may not work. Right. And so you're going to kind of continuously improve in that aspect or you may find, hey, this didn't work. This is the actionable item that we are going to use so that we can improve upon it next time. And then the next time, you know, you ace it. Right. It's an 100 percent okay. um, turnaround. So. That's what a sprint is. You know what? It, we're we're going to continue on with the holiday theme here because what I'm hearing is with with this iterative process, you're you're breaking down a lot of the things of a traditional waterfall, but you're doing it in smaller batches. It's almost like you're eating smaller meals versus that big Thanksgiving meal, right? Yes. So, um, because yeah. everything you just described, like a retrospective, I've been on projects that are six months long. And at the end of the project, you, you know, you have this, uh, the post-mortem, and I'm using air quotes, so for those that are listening on and driving, <laughs> but um, you have a, a post-mortem and you're like, you know, what worked, what didn't, you know, and you commit to saying, okay, we're going to make changes next time. And unfortunately, so much time goes by between the next project. A lot of times you've forgotten about what, what worked and what didn't, and you just repeat the same mistakes over. Of course, not a GP uh, at former 
former <laughs> organizations <laughs> I've worked with. But it sounds like what you're saying is when you're having these retrospective, it's like, hey, what worked in the past two weeks, right? Right. And what worked, what didn't, maybe something that we thought was going to work didn't. And it's not like you're shaming somebody and, you know, sending them to the, the office with the red stapler. You're just going, okay, I get it. Let's try something a little different this time. And, and everyone's working together. I mean, is that, is that kind of been your sense of it in practice? Yes, of course. And, and it's actually, you know, one of the, the principles of Agile. Um, if you all get a chance to, to kind of look into Agile a little bit more, there are four values and 12 principles that we do um, put into use while we are developing. Um, and one of those is, you know, breaking down your work into smaller tasks so that they are mm. completed, you know, quickly. So if we had gone through this entire process and then at the end learned that, you know, four out of the five processes don't work, you know, we've wasted our time. So being that we, <laughs> yeah. being that we've been able to break down these tasks into smaller chunks and we're able to work them and drive them to completion successfully. Um, it's one of the things, one of the principles, like I've mentioned of agile and it's kind of aided into our success. So. Oh, that's very cool. Okay. So um, you've been very generous with your time and I, I know you've got clients beating down your door and you're, you're dreaming of, in the next couple of days, having some amazing sweet potatoes. Um, and <laughs> so let me say this in terms of, if you're thinking about your biggest lessons from agile so far, uh, what's your biggest takeaway of it? I'd say one of my biggest takeaways is, is keeping in mind that agile is a mindset, right? Um, agile, agile tells you how your team can become successful. So changing that mindset. So for example, um, like I mentioned, you get to fail and fail fast. We don't look at that as in a negative light. We look at it in a positive light. Like, hey, we caught this early and we caught this early on. So once this product is ready to be deployed, we don't have to rework, right? Um, so, so I think the changing of your mindset is the beauty of Agile here and something that you should consider, um, you know, if you are looking to implement Agile into your teams or if you already had implemented Agile, um, keeping that in because we know, you know, the the process is is so ever changing, and you know, there's so much to learn there. Um, so definitely keeping in mind that it is a mindset, and it, you know, kind of may take a time to to step back and accept that and put it into place. So uh, keeping in mind that it's a it's a mindset is one of the biggest things okay. that I would say. Yeah, it's it's almost like it's the it's not the answer; it's the question, right? Right. How can we? Maintain that. And, you know, just thinking about this from my personal takeaways, one of the things I like is that Agile seems like it's honoring one of the the number one client service maxims out there, which is yes. under promise and overperform, right? Right. One final question for you, Takia, would be for organizations that uh, they like what they're hearing or they want to know more about it. Um, what advice would you give organizations who are considering an agile approach for their next implementation or project. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Do it um, and, and keep an open mind, right? Find ways to learn and understand the methodology, you know, whether it's through a certification, small learnings, right? Getting your, your development team together and making sure that everyone is aligned, right? Um, it's one of those one of those things that you, you know, you don't want to force it, right? That's the beauty of Agile. It's super transformative. Um, but keeping an open mind and finding ways to continuously learn about the methodology and what works for your team um, would be my advice. Takia, on behalf of our many listeners here of the GP Performance Matters podcast, I want to thank you for carving out a little bit of your time. We're going to continue on this Thanksgiving dealer. 
carving out a little <laughs> bit of your time. I'd like to give thanks to you <laughs> for being a part of this today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. The Performance Matters Podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts or listen on our website at gpstrategies.com.